Wedge Issues is brought to you by Wispolitics.com, a place where political insiders go for news, opinion, and campaign information. Once again, that's Wispolitics.com. Tony Evers is locked in a really tight race with Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker. The Democratic candidate is the state superintendent of public instruction, and if you've been listening to Wedge Issues for the last few months, you may have already heard from him on here during his primary campaign. We've got him back this week to talk about the general election. I'm Jesse Opoyan, and this is Wedge Issues, a Cap Times podcast about the 2018 elections in Wisconsin. Tony Evers told me that if he's elected governor, he would like to be remembered as a governor who unites people. He also shared with me his favorite movie, which is uh, one of mine, too. And since I talked about ham sandwiches with Scott Walker, of course I talked to Tony Evers about his egg McMuffin habit. Stay tuned for that conversation, but first let's check in with Eric Lawrenson to round up this week's news. Hey, Eric. Hey, Jesse. How's it going? I'm a little tired, honestly. I was covering the uh, Trump rally last night, so yeah, slamming some coffee here. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, let's just dive into the thing, because I think that's something we got to talk about. Um, it is. So uh, Donald Trump held a rally, and this is embarrassing, because I think this is actually the first time that <laughs> I've ever said the name of this municipality, Mosany. 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 Cool, cool, cool. Lived in Wisconsin my whole life, and yet here we are. You know, you're just a typical Madisonian. You don't understand the bubble outside of the city. I like the bubble. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so uh, tell me a little bit about this, this appearance, which strikes me as interesting given, you know, that it's, you know, a relatively unpopular president visiting a state like in right before an election, which is a pretty weighty decision for any sitting president to make during during midterm elections. Yeah, the popularity question is an interesting one. I mean, his approval is in the high 40s overall throughout Wisconsin, which isn't too bad. Um, Mm. It's much higher among Republicans, which is obviously the goal here. Um, It's a little closer to that middle ground uh, among independents. So I think this was definitely a rally designed to fire up the base, not necessarily win over a lot of new voters. But I think the theory on this is uh, this is a help to Leah Vukmir, who is double digits down in most of the polls that we're seeing. And Scott Walker's in a close race. Don't know that Trump showing up will make a huge difference one way or another for him, but it's possible it could help boost Leah Vukmir. Um, certainly not going to hurt her. I mean, whenever Donald Trump holds a rally, there are headlines to be seen. There are quips and quotes that are guaranteed because it's Donald Trump. It was a, what did he say? Did he say anything particularly um, noteworthy this time? Yeah, you know, he, I would say, stuck to the script more than not this time. This is the fifth or sixth time, I think, that I've covered him here in Wisconsin. So for this rally, the news that was overshadowing it was that earlier in the day, uh, it had been reported that uh, a lot of different targets 
mostly Democrats and, and then CNN um, had been targeted with explosive devices that were sent through the mail. And that was something that was brought up by a few of the people who spoke. Scott Walker, Paul Ryan spoke out against it, condemned it as an act of terror. And Donald Trump did the same thing. He said this is an attack on democracy. Um, the interesting thing, and he's sort of doubled down on this since then, is he said that the media bears responsibility for uh, these attacks um, based on I guess what what we report and and how we do so. So, you know, that was interesting. He but he with that, he said he was making a point to be nice, I guess. Um, <laughs> but he and, explicitly said I that. mean, kind of. Yeah, he he pointed out a few times that he was trying to be nice and trying to, you know, keep everybody on best behavior, I think well, in the hopes of Trump. unity. So, um yeah, it didn't it didn't get too wild, but he, you know, gave a lot of shout outs to Scott Walker and Leah Vukmir, talked about his accomplishments in office, talked about their accomplishments in Wisconsin. He talked about the new trade agreement, the USMCA, and um, how he thinks that'll benefit Wisconsin farmers. And he gave Scott Walker and Leah Vukmir and basically the entire Republican delegation of Wisconsin a, a lot of credit for pushing him on that and basically saying, you know, don't forget about the farmers. Yeah. Is there any fun thing like like NAFTA? You can say NAFTA. Is there... Can you say like UMSCA uh, or something for the new trade agreement? Because I want that to be a thing. Is, I like NAFTA for that reason. It was so yeah, easy to just say. That's true. Uh, so, okay, moving right along. Let's talk about something that happened uh, a whole week ago. The The first gubernatorial debate went down. Um, and it was on the night of Game Six, six Game of six. the series. So it was our, our dreams were not yet dashed. Not yet. Were of a pennant. And it was, yeah, it was actually a pretty good Brewers game. They won that one. Yeah, you sound a little bitter about this. Well, I went to game seven and they lost yeah. that one. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, anyway. rightfully bitter. Yeah. But, yes, the, the debate, certainly a more comfortable environment than covering the Trump rally because the rally was in an airport hangar in Mosini and it was cold outside and there was a lot of open air. Uh, covering the debate, we were nicely nestled into the... TV studios at Channel 15 here in Madison. Very nice new building over there that they've got. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about here. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear more about the space. It's really fancy. What chair did you get to sit in? <laughs> oh, I mean. Just like a fold-out situation. Yeah, it wasn't like that okay. fancy. But right. anyway, uh, not a lot of surprises out of that debate. Um, covered a lot of familiar ground, with the exception of they started moving into talk about immigration policy, which was something that we hadn't really heard Scott Walker or Tony Evers talk about a whole lot before. The questions were asked whether they would support offering in-state tuition to DACA students, um, and then whether they would support allowing undocumented workers to get driver's licenses here in Wisconsin. And Walker didn't really give a firm yes or no answer. He continued to repeat that federal law would not allow those things, which was essentially a no, but kind of deferring to federal law prevents us. Tony Evers said that he would he would support both of those things. So later in the week, uh, the Walker campaign launched an ad going after Evers for these positions. And this was something that came up a lot during the Trump rally. Um, and it, it really seemed to galvanize that crowd. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, I believe this was on the same day, actually, also on Friday, uh, just hours before the debate actually happened, a report came out about portions of Tony Evers' proposed education budget that were plagiarized. What's the deal with that? 
Yeah, and I should note, because our guest this week is Tony Evers, and I'd like to note that we had our conversation for this episode before uh, this came out, so I did not get a chance to ask him on the podcast about the plagiarism issues. But he was asked about it during the debate. Um, Basically, what happened is, um, you know, Tony Evers is the superintendent of public instruction. He's the head of the Department of Public Instruction, and every year he and his department submit a budget request to the governor. In that budget request, it turns out in the most recent year, the one that just came out in September, there were several passages, one of them 15 paragraphs long, that were copied from other sources without credit. Um, The 15-paragraph one in particular was copied from an intern's blog post at a conservative think tank. Um, Others were copied from other think tanks, from Wikipedia, of all sorts of varied lengths, a couple sentences to a couple paragraphs. Um, the Walker campaign has made a big deal out of this. We should remember that in 2014, Mary Burke, the Democratic candidate for governor, caught some flack because her jobs plan portions of it were plagiarized uh, by a consultant that she had working for the campaign. So this is something that the Walker campaign was looking for. Um, they ran DPI documents through a plagiarism checker software, and they found these portions. Um, so Tony Evers has said, basically, it's not a big deal. He said these are citations that were dropped off the back pages of a, of the budget that the person responsible has you know been talked to and that it's going to be fixed but he hasn't said that anyone would be disciplined over it yeah um, Burke fired that consultant that's like right made a big point of that yep so a, it's a different approach Evers has said that it's the ideas in the budget that matter um, that this shouldn't distract from what he's trying to accomplish Walker's campaign and Republicans are countering that as Evers is the head of the Department of Public Instruction, um, you know, plagiarism is something that gets talked about in schools a lot, and students are expected certainly to not do that. Um, so they're talking about, you know, what example does this set? Yeah. I mean, this is a quote, controversy, unquote, happening in like the last weeks before Election Day, which is a time at which those kinds of things can still be fresh on voters' minds. I don't know. Yeah. Do you have a sense? I don't of have what a the, sense of whether um, it will actually. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not clear, and you know, there's a new Marquette poll coming out. I don't know if this is the kind of thing that they would ask about, but we would at least have a chance maybe to gauge whether this has impacted uh, voters' opinions at all. At this stage in the campaign, you know, we're all really caught up in talking to the campaigns and the people who are directly involved in this, and it's a little bit harder to assess how much of this is actually breaking through to voters. Gotcha. All right. Well, last but not least, um, a couple of things to put onto your calendar. We have another gubernatorial debate coming up uh, tonight, if you're listening to this podcast, as it as it comes out on Friday. That's right. Also, some prominent Democrats are swinging through the state prior to the election. That's right. Also today, if you're listening on Friday, former President Barack Obama will be in Milwaukee campaigning for Tony Evers and Tammy Baldwin and the rest of the Democratic ticket. And on Tuesday, former Vice President Joe Biden, potential future presidential contender, we don't know, uh, well, he will be in Madison doing the same thing. So Democrats are bringing in the big guns in these last few days. Um, I guess, you know, the Republicans did too. I don't know if there are any other big ticket Republican surrogates on the list, but we know that we'll be seeing a lot of action these next few days. Very cool. Well, I hope that you get the caffeination that you so desperately need, oh, Jesse. You. you walked into this morning's uh, news staff meeting with the tall boy of Coca-Cola. <laughs> 
I sure did. Uh, I, I'm not ashamed. A bold, a bold choice for early morning caffeination. I am. Uh, I applaud you. I make no apologies for my Coca-Cola consumption. Nor should you. We all razzed you a little bit. For you did. It, I got which, some slack. But, but that's just you know how can we? How well, can I've we moved not? on to coffee now, like a functioning human being. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, fun as always to, to chat about the news of the week with Absolutely. you, Jesse. We'll see you next week. Bye. Last time we checked in with you, it was right before the Democratic primary, which you obviously won. Um, yes. <laughs> worked, worked out well for you. I, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. <laughs> um, how, how are things going in these last few weeks now? We're, we're yeah. not far from the election. Yeah, it's going great. And I, I just have to – you mentioned the primary, and I just have to uh, um, circle back to that for a second. I think the primary was uh, a really – Good thing for for me as a as a the winner because what happened was uh, we had eight candidates working real hard to win and you know eight good candidates very good candidates and and at the end of the day what happened was they're talking about this we we're all talking about the same thing and we're going to different parts of the state and I think that really kind of energized people about you know issues like education and uh, the environment and roads and healthcare all the things that we talked about we were all talking about kind of simultaneously in different parts of the state. And I think it really made a, made a huge difference going forward as far as energizing people around the campaign. And that's continued on. You know, there's always uh, issues of the daily issues that you have to deal with in the campaign. But we try to be real consistent about uh, what our message is. And it's about uh, really important Wisconsin values. And, and people seem to be resonating well to that. Yeah, I mean, you didn't have any real growing pains in terms of coming out of the primary. Everyone really came yeah. together afterward pretty yeah, easily. Yeah, absolutely. All the the other seven, and frankly, all I think everybody who was uh, was lusting after this job for a while uh, has said, "Yes, uh, let's get behind the winner," and that, that's exactly what's happened. Yeah, so I feel good about that. Do you feel like any of your um, positions or even messaging changed based on what you saw other candidates doing? Well, certainly uh, there's certain ways that uh, different candidates express different issues. And, you know, we've picked, you know, I'll use one, for example, I'll give a shout out to Malin here is that, you know, we talked about the the Walker uh, piece of, you know, we've done so much for you this last year. And he's, and Malin always said, we let him say it because it was great. It's like getting stabbed in the back and pulling the knife halfway out and saying, hey, how about thanking me for doing that? And so, you know, it, it's little things like that, but uh, it's also been just a, a pleasure to be on the stage with um, almost all of them now and going at different events, fundraisers and so on. And they've just been real supportive, and that, that's, that's the most important thing to me. What's, I mean, you, you, aside from the obvious, I guess, of running against Democrats and, mm. and running against one Republican now, uh, has anything else changed about the way you approach the campaign from uh, August to, to now? It, really not, uh, because we feel the issues are critical. And there, there are issues where, you know, Scott Walker as governor has frankly failed on the public policy issue arena. That's that's why we we talk about these issues. They're Wisconsin issues. Scott Walker has failed around them, and uh, clearly there's a positive uh, way to move forward in, in, the, in the race. So, 
No, I, I, I think uh, other than adding Mandela to the mix, uh, it's been pretty much the same kind of campaign. About, it's about the issues. Mandela is just a, a treat to uh, be around. He's uh, highly intelligent and he does great things. He's a great campaigner and he's a, just a, uh, going to be an outstanding lieutenant governor. I'm looking forward to working with him. And on the campaign trail, we, we always have we have fun together. He always when we he introduces me and we stand next to each other, he'll say, "Aren't we like the oddest couple you've ever seen?" And everybody says, "Yes." <laughs> and, and, and then uh, he goes on to say that uh, our average age is forty eight point five years old, and I I love that. So he, <laughs> he can say that often. I'm yeah, okay he he likes that. You're, you're, <laughs> thank you. He called you guys a couple, just a couple of young guys running around the state, new best buds. Yes, that's yeah. right. The, <laughs> the, the Tony and Mandela show. Yeah, yeah. We got we got a peek of that when you did the little live stream in the, <laughs> yes. in the car. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, has has anything surprised you about running for governor? That you, anything you weren't expecting from this? Well, no, no. But I, <laughs> but I, but I will say nothing has surprised me. But the <clears throat> the level of um, lack of truthfulness uh, by the opposite side is is <clears throat> it's breathtaking. It doesn't surprise me. But uh, the, the number of claims that the, the governor uh, has made that have no basis in fact, and you know, I, I always give myself some comfort around the, that issue. Is first of all, the truth usually does prevail, and it will in this case. But uh, it's also an issue about. Uh, Citizens United, where where we gave corporations and uh, other organizations uh, uh, essentially freedom of speech. At the same time, we gave people the freedom to lie. And uh, I just think that's not where the people of Wisconsin want to be. And so that the uh, the level of it has surprised me. The fact that it's done does not surprise me. So when I uh, talked to Governor Walker for this podcast, I asked him how he would want his time as governor to be defined, and he said transformational. Um, what would that be for you? As governor going forward? Yeah. If, if you, you know, if, if it's one term, if it's two, if it's whatever, yeah. how would you want to look back on and have people look back on your time in office? Yes. Uh, just in general terms, we uh, we unite people. We don't divide and conquer people. And uh, people say Wisconsin are really sick of that, frankly. And uh, I believe I can be a uniter. We've, my wife and I have lived all across the state of Wisconsin. And if there's anything we learned is that what unites us is much more important than what divides us. Do I want to uh, make some huge policy gains? Yes, I do in education and, and, and making sure that we have good health care in the state of Wisconsin and making sure that we actually value science. All those things are exceedingly important to the people of Wisconsin. But in order to get there, we need to unite the people of Wisconsin instead of pitting people against each other. We have to change that. That's, that's the reason people leave this state. That's the reason people don't come to this state. It's a general feeling that we're a state at war and uh, among each other and, and between Republicans and Democrats. I know it's not going to be easy, but that's, that's what I've been doing my entire life. So if I had to accomplish anything, it would be uniting people around and finding common interests and common ground around some really important issues. Yeah, I, th- I think the question, what would you do on day one, is usually a silly one because I imagine it's just a lot of paperwork and administrative mm-hmm. things. But what, what's the, the priority game plan for you if you take office? Yeah, it's, it's again to, to uh, reemphasize with the people of Wisconsin that we have to unite around the issues. And, and I think there are several. And, I, and I've said this before, and people always say, my gosh, you're trying to tackle that right off the bat. But 
our transportation system is a mess, and it's a mess because of Scott Walker's bad public policy decisions. And whether it's roads, whether it's bikes, whether it's mass transit, Republicans and Democrats get that. And so my, my hope is on day one to make sure we pull the people together that, that can actually solve this problem and solve it in a way that's bipartisan and that people feel comfort that we're moving forward. There's always going to be give and take. But I know I, I go across the state and re, the areas that are most impacted by that, whether it's, uh, it's use roads, for example, there were where where asphalt's being taken off the roads up north, most of those places are are Republican areas. Those uh, representatives get it. They they know it's how important it is to have a bipartisan win on this. And so I I'd love to to work in absolutely. It's going to be about making sure we get the budget out and all that stuff. But really making sure that we make a good faith effort to give the people of Wisconsin a bipartisan win. What do you think, uh, as you're on the trail, are going to be the issues or policy areas that are really deciding factors for voters in this race, if anyone is still undecided? Yes. Uh, well, first of all, education. I mean, clearly people understand that uh, uh, what's best for our kids is best for our democracy and, and our state's economy. So I think our ability to uh, have people understand how important it is to not only through in the K-12 through world, but in higher education, make sure that there's adequate resources for people to learn and, and thrive and to become uh, ready for the workforce and ready for democracy, both. We can do both of those. And um, uh, so I, I think that's one, and, and health care. Uh, health care is on the ballot. Uh, people are uh, concerned about their, uh, you know, I'm a cancer survivor and, and I'm with 2.4 million other uh, folks in the state of Wisconsin that uh, have pre-existing conditions. Well, clearly that is a concern of people. I hear it all the time and I feel it too. You, you think about battling some disease and at the same time worry about how the bills are going to be paid because you don't have the protections that you should have. And Governor Walker has been completely uh, uh, untransparent on this in this issue. And, you know, he's saying, oh, my gosh, I care about this. But then he happens to be in federal court at the same time trying to destroy the Affordable Care Act. And his opposition to that is based on his p- being a typical career politician. He wants to be president. I understand that. But his his goals in that arena have actually hurt the people people of Wisconsin and people of Wisconsin get that so i i think healthcare and and uh, and education will be one and, and certainly transportation and, and natural resources but healthcare and education i would say when you hear scott walker say he will always make sure that pre-existing conditions are covered in Wisconsin. I mean, do you think he's lying when he says that? Well, he's certainly diverting attention from his record, let's put it that way. Uh, he has said repeatedly in the past that uh, uh, he's looking for uh, uh, anything but protecting those those things. And then he has to be in court at the same time to get rid of them. You know, he called it a distraction the other day. I can't remember what, what media outlet he was talking to, but how in the world can you call it a distraction? It's a it's a important life or death issue for 2.4 million people in the state of Wisconsin. That's a bunch of people. He should settle it. They, he should drop that lawsuit. He and he has not responded to that, and that leads me to believe that uh, he's uh, hell bent on making sure that uh, uh, those protections aren't in place. Something that the Walker campaign has turned and in, in its strategy is to go after you on the taxing issue. 
Um, you know, I think it was the other day they released a memo that was all hypothetical calculations up to billions and billions of dollars of tax increases that they say would come up under you. Can you respond to that and also just walk through your philosophy on kind of the, the major taxes, gas tax, income sure. tax, property taxes? Yeah. And uh, uh, I mean, I know it won't surprise everybody in the state, but uh, those are all lies. <laughs> so we'll start out with uh, his claims. But uh, I, I want to talk about tax cuts, first of all. Uh, we, within the last week or so, we've announced that we're going to be uh, uh, seeking a 10% uh, tax cut for the middle class folks in the state of Wisconsin that frankly have been abandoned by Scott Walker. And uh, it's pretty simple calculation. We're, we're going to make it, make it so, we're going to do it, and we're going to do it uh, by reducing and not getting rid of tax credits, but re- reducing the reach of tax credits in the state. But any, any individual that earns $100,000 or less or family $150,000 or less can expect a, uh, a 10% in, uh, decrease in their tax liabilities. That's important. That, that, a United Way study recently showed that uh, 870,000 families that are uh, in the state of Wisconsin that can't afford the basic issues, whether it's food or childcare or rent. And so those people need a break. They have not got a break. Now, as, rela- as it regards to the, the issue of, I can't remember the last I heard, I think it was a dollar a gallon uh, tax increase. It's the most ridiculous thing that I have never said. Uh, and I have never said that. But of course, um, being distra- the, distracting people from his record of not fixing the roads and the fact that because he didn't fix the roads, we're having 20 municipalities raise their own taxes through wheel taxes and user fees. That's a Scott Walker tax. So he's, he's saying this to avoid people understanding that he has raised the taxes in, uh, in the state of Wisconsin for transportation. So I'm going to bring people together. We're going to find a reasonable solution. And it's important for people to know that I'm not going to increase the gas tax by a dollar a gallon. But in order to bring people together, you don't say, here's the solution. You don't. And so I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I, I'm bringing people together to come up with that solution. As it relates to my education uh, budget, uh, it is. Uh, it's. It's mostly paid for by uh, the tax credit that used to go to schools and now is being used to, um, uh, in different ways. And we're going. We're going to make sure that uh, that is a that is a tax-free property tax issue. So his idea that somehow. Uh, I will be raising taxes is false. What, but he's, what he's doing is, is making people not remember the fact that he's raised uh, the taxes locally, not only in the user fees that I talked about and, and wheel taxes, but you know, hundred, hundreds of school districts in the state have raised their own taxes because the state hasn't done their share in schools, uh, school funding. Scott Walker didn't provide the resources, so people at the, in the state are raising their own taxes, property taxes. That is a Scott Walker tax, too. So it's not necessarily all about tax raises or cuts. It's how they're used. And uh, frankly, uh, Scott Walker's policy has essentially dumped it on the local taxpayers to raise the taxes. You've made um, school funding the two-thirds commitment from the state uh, 
promise of your campaign really from the right. get-go. Uh, Scott Walker now says that he will do that too. Uh, what do you think of, of that? What do you think of his plan to do that? Well, we haven't seen the plan, but uh, my plan is very clear what we're doing. It's not going to raise property taxes. It's going to go to two-thirds funding. And most importantly, issues around we're going to, we're going to have $600 million more for students with dis- disabilities that he has done nothing with for the last uh, eight years. It's going to increase uh, funding for uh, uh, after-school programming, uh, not increase, create it for the very first time. Some really important things that are, uh, that are critical to the, the kids of the state of Wisconsin. So uh, I guess flattery is one thing people will be looking for, but he's had eight years to get to two-thirds. And suddenly, I think he must have waited for Tommy Thompson to give him permission to do it, I guess, because he brings up Tommy Thompson's name with, with that. He's had eight years. He hasn't done it. Something we were talking about before we got going is a number of former Walker cabinet secretaries have come out either criticizing him or criticizing him and then endorsing you. What have they shared with you? What do you? Why do you think that is? Yeah, why do I think that is? Is uh, that governing and managing government is not a, is not a, a something that Scott Walker cares about. He cares about running for president. And so what we see, you know, I, what, what you hear is what I hear. And uh, we have people that are disgruntled and because of his, uh, his focus on the next step and his being a typical career politician, that he's spending his time worrying about the next election instead of really running government. And whether it's Lincoln Hills or any number of other places, WEDEC, uh, he's failed in that respect. And the people of the state of Wisconsin need to understand how important it is. They do understand how important it is that government works for them and not for Scott Walker or whoever is governor. It's working for the people of the state. And uh, it's, uh, it's amazing to watch uh, the, uh, the daily, not daily, but often people talking about this because it has not worked would there be a place in an Evers administration for any of the former cabinet secretaries that have endorsed you? Have you had any conversations like that? No, not, not at all. I haven't had conversations with them, period. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's not surprising what, what we see, uh, but uh, uh, these are all people that care about the state of Wisconsin. They're stepping up and saying uh, how Scott Walker failed uh, to run state government and to make sure that state government works for the people of Wisconsin. People need to understand that. Campaigns include a lot of negativity, but what's something that has um, given you some positivity or, or oh. hope throughout this process? Well, every day is, to be honest with you. People, people always say, oh my gosh, uh, how, how can you stand the, the, uh, the constant uh, work and so on. But I, every day I meet it with people that are absolutely energized and they energize me. And I've loved every minute of this campaign. It's been a... Uh, a real treat for me to interact with the people of Wisconsin. I, I do that often in my day job as state superintendent, but the energy level is very, very high, and uh, I, I couldn't be more happy about uh, how the campaign's going, frankly. Can you share something that you admire or respect about Governor Walker? Well, first of all, I, I admire his... Um, uh, every time we have talked, he's always talking about his family, and so I respect his... Uh, uh, his caring attitude about his family and uh, and how important his family is to him. So I've always admired that. And in the work world, uh, he and I have been on the same page with uh, 
issues like dual enrollment, uh, I'd say that's a really good uh, good good place to start. Is that we have uh, we've worked well together to make sure that young people have the opportunity to get high school credit, college credit at the same time. Both of us are on the bully pulpit around that a lot, and, I, and that's made some difference. Um, but uh, it, I, I just I always appreciated with him his uh, his focus on his family. It's uh, similar to mine, so that's why I respect him on that issue. Wedge Issues is sponsored by WISPolitics.com. You can become a WISPolitics.com member. Find out more at WISPolitics.com slash membership. So you've already done this Wedge Issues podcast. You've already gone through the standard lightning round, so I had to come up with some new questions for okay. you, but I've still got one for you. Okay. <laughs> um, let's start with Egg McMuffins. Yes. How long has this been a thing in your life, yeah. and, and why do you like them so well, much? Well, first of all, I, I I need to I need to make sure that I get protein. That that's yeah, a re- that's real important. real important thing for me, and ha- having time to uh, find a way to ingest protein is sometimes hard. So. Uh, having an egg McMuffin gives me the protein. I know all the issues around McDonald's and <laughs> and, and fast food. I get that, but it, it is a way for me to get a quick uh, jolt uh, jolt of uh, protein first thing in the morning. Okay. Now I've seen you share photos from your campaign account of you getting egg McMuffins and ice cream. Do you get them at the same time? Yes, and usually a hot tea at the same time. So <laughs> so it's it's hot. It's a small hot tea. It's an ice cream cone, and it's an egg McMuffin. And that is pretty much any time of day, actually. Okay. And so it's uh, it's important to realize it's just not a breakfast uh, meal. It's an everyday meal. I'm, I, I guess I'm doing an advertisement for McDonald's. I was going to say, the, the all-day breakfast thing yeah, was probably pretty big for you. Yes, yes, yeah. it, yes. It, but it, will it, you get the ice cream cone in, like for breakfast if you're getting the egg McMuffin? Oh, sure. Oh, wow. You okay. Have, you, have okay. To, you have to. And, uh, you know, as, as I've seen on, on, uh, on the Cap Times cover, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, guess, I guess Scott Walker likes vanilla ice cream also. Yeah. You, you know, I, I, this is my favorite thing about reporting that story out was that when I spent time with him, he had a ham sandwich waiting for him in his car. And when I spent time with you, you had egg McMuffins waiting for you. In there your you car. go. So yeah. that's yeah. campaign life, I yes, guess. Yes, it's campaign life. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> What is your favorite movie? You know, uh, I would say there's a couple of them, and they're all kind of old-timer ones. But uh, uh, issues like uh, when Harry met Sally—that that was a very cool. That's a great movie. It, it was. It was so. It was so funny, and it had such great lines in it. And there's two really cool people that did it. Uh, so those kind of movies, I, I've always appreciated and. You know, I, I'll go back to when I was a kid when Plymouth uh, had actually a theater. Uh, Friday nights were movie nights. And uh, anytime we could see some kind of horror movie, we would. Like House of Usher, I'm sure you've never seen it. but I have it, not, but I have heard it, of it. It is, yeah. it, it is a classic. And so I, I can't, you know, talk about opposite ends of, of the spectrum. And House, <laughs> House of Usher and, and when Harry met Sally. I'd say those are two good ones. Okay. Uh, so when you and Mandela did your Facebook Live in the car, oh, yeah. you uh, talked about you were you got asked the most unique place that you'd lived, and you said that was Toma. Then you said you you and your wife worked hard and recreated hard, and you were members of the Lions Club, and you made it sound like that was like a pretty crazy big deal. What did you guys do? Oh God, it, it was crazy. <laughs> well, the Lions Lions members are they they love 
they love to raise money for good causes, which is great, and they they like to have a good time. And so, the Lions clubs usually came together. You know, there'd be a a, a parade in Ontario, Wisconsin, or Norwalk, some small town near Toma, and the and the uh, the Toma Lions club. What they did is they outfitted a a couple boards and attached shoes to them, like so you'd have about ten people connected together by these two boards okay. marching down the street. And of course, of course, somebody, usually me, would fail and <laughs> one person goes down and everybody goes down. <laughs> so that's, that's part of the fun of small town and, and lions uh, love to have fun. So I've always enjoyed being part of it. But the one, the, the club in Toma was extraordinary. They did a lot of good things for, for kids, and uh, but they had a lot of fun at the same time. Okay. You've mentioned that you like to play euchre and dance mm-hmm. polka with your wife. What, what's like the perfect date night for you and your wife? Oh, gosh. Uh, in the summer, uh, this is early, well, not necessarily. we riding our bikes some, someplace, a good restaurant. And uh, we usually don't go to really uh, fancy places because you can't ride your bike with a tuxedo on. <laughs> so we'll, we'll go to someplace relatively uh, uh, cheap and has good food and uh, ride, ride our bikes, bikes out there. We always have to have a destination, so kind of the lo- longer ride, the better. And like we used to, we lived downtown, we'd, we'd ride out to Quivy's Grove, and uh, it's a pretty long ride. And, is, but, yeah. and But you can't wear a tuxedo and ride your bike that far, so Quivy's was a good place to be. And uh, sit there and have uh, dinner, and of course you have to have their, uh, their, their mushrooms there. And and ride back and uh, and frankly uh, maybe go through the zoo on the w- way back. We're we're pretty we're pretty simple folk. You know we we go to re- reasonable price restaurants and we find free places to go. <laughs> That's a good way to be. Yes. Um, you've also shared the story that you you married your high school sweetheart. I know I asked you before what happened in all the years between kindergarten and, and your junior year, but I want to know when did you know that you wanted to marry your wife? Well, it wasn't kindergarten. Okay. I, I was, <laughs> <laughs> I had other things on my mind, <laughs> but the uh, uh, you know it wasn't it wasn't too long after junior prom. I, we we dated you know continuously. Actually, we've gone to uh, the state fair fifty one years in a row. Uh, so we we clearly started when we were in, in high school doing that. And so I would say by the time I was uh, a freshman in college, I knew that uh, we'd get married. I don't think she did, but uh, uh, I did. And actually, we were married after. Um, after my junior year in college. So you got married while you were in college? Yes. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. And so it, it's been great. I mean, she was uh, not only a rock emotionally and, and psychologically and a, a great partner, but she also <laughs> she also was right there uh, contributing financially as I was a struggling student. So it was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was a good marriage, and it continues to be. Good. Uh, who's the most valuable player on the Brewers this year? Oh, great question. You want to say, you, you do want everybody wants to say Christian Yelich, mm-hmm. and, and I, I he he likely is, but I would probably have to say um, their their pitching staff in general. Um, uh, last night, and I know this is a taped and going to be replayed, but they lost last night not because of pitching; they lost because of hitting, and uh, that tends to be devil them. So I'm not going to give it to Chris, Christian. I would I would say their entire pitching staff has been amazing because you look at their records and you look at their background, you wouldn't find a superstar out of the bunch. So collectively, they've done a great job. And you, 
we also learned this from your Facebook Live. You were at the first Brewers game at County Stadium. Indeed. I, I actually, I, I had a chance to mention that to Bud Selig when I met, met him on the campaign. I said, Bud, I remember the very first game as in County Stadium. They played the Angels. They lost 13 to nothing and it sleeted for most of the game. But every, everybody was so happy to have baseball back to Milwaukee. So I, I'm a huge baseball fan, and uh, the Brewers have uh, – uh, exceeded everybody's expectations this year. It's been an exciting year. Yeah. yeah. It's good for Wisconsin. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll leave you at this one then. If, if you were not campaigning right now, how would you be spending a typical fall weekend? Oh, weekend. I was going to say I'd be, I'd be being, I'd be super state superintendent. On a, on a, on a weekend like, the, if the weather's good, uh, we'd be out biking. Okay. Yeah, there's no question. We might do the farmers market early, but uh, if it's nice, we'd be taking a bike ride someplace, some some destination, whether it's uh, McDonald's or Quibby's Grove or paying a bill out at uh, out at Hilldale. <laughs> we always we always it's my wife's uh, thing. She, we always have to have a destination. It's not always food. It's like okay, I have a bill to pay out here, so let's ride our bike out there and pay a bill. Excellent. Exciting life, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Ride your bike and pay a bill. <laughs> it's efficient, I guess. Yes. You know, yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, um, I want to thank you for coming in and making the time. I know yeah. it's busy these days, but I'll let you close us out with uh, any any last words for listeners. Yes. Yeah. Well, li- listeners have to understand how important this election is, uh, whether it's education or health care or natural resources, transportation, wages in the state. All those things are on the ballot here. There, there is a significant difference between Scott Walker and myself, not just on the issues, but how we how we look at the world. And uh, I look at the world as through the lens of an educator, and that is making sure that people are pulled together and they make make rational decisions and find solutions and and be pragmatic about that. Understand that you might have to give up a little here, a little there. Scott Walker isn't that way. He's a career politician. He's looking for. Uh, the next step and um, uh, people need to understand how important that is if we really want to have a great state. Thank you for listening to Wedge Issues. Our theme music is Oh Wisconsin by Loxley. As always, we've got new episodes coming out every Friday, but we'll also be back on Monday with an interview with State Senator Leah Vukmir, the Republican candidate for U.S. Senate. You can subscribe to Wedge Issues on iTunes or anywhere else you find your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And if you have any feedback or suggestions for me, you can find me on Twitter at Opie, or you can email me at J-O-P-O-I-E-N at Madison.com. Have a great weekend and we'll see you Monday. Wedge Issues has been brought to you by wispolitics.com. There are plenty of benefits to becoming a member. You can go to wispolitics.com membership to find out more.